Hello, I'm Boyce, and I would like to welcome you to the Psycove Podcast, also known as the Science of the Covenant Podcast. This is a podcast where we will study the Bible, the biblical covenant, and its deeper meanings, especially in today's time. I would encourage you to follow along with your Bibles if you are able to do so. And if not, we ask that you may take a note of the scriptures covered and read them at a later time or re-listen to this podcast when you are able to follow along with your Bible. Now, I would like to introduce you to my co-host. He has been a chaplain for over 10 years and a pastor for over 30 years. And more important to me, he has been a dad for over 46 years of my life, Pastor Richard Washington. So what, what do you have for us today? What I was looking at today is something I think most people are interested in. And as a matter of fact, this particular subject may take precedence over many subjects for many individuals. And that is dealing with prosperity. A lot of individuals are interested in prosperity where they may not be interested in other things, but they certainly are interested in prosperity. So what I wanted to do is to deal with what I've entitled the systematic principles of prosperity. Okay. So in dealing with the principles of prosperity, uh, I wanted to use a passage that is found in the scriptures that may give us a background and also a starting point as we deal with the principles of prosperity. And that's found in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, I want to look at a few verses there to get a start. So here we here we looked in Genesis chapter two, and we consider verses fifteen through seventeen. And here it says in the Torah, and Jehovah Elohim took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And Jehovah Elohim commanded the man saying, you may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. So when we, when we look at when we look at that particular passage, we want to be able to relate that uh, to prosperity. Now, <clears throat> in our understanding of systematic principles of prosperity, <clears throat> we want to endeavor to view it from an untraditional aspects and at the same time be able to get at the root of the systematic principles of prosperity. In understanding what we view as systematic principles of prosperity, we want to first define very, very succinctly what we mean by systematic principles of prosperity. However, prior to delineating or defining these terms, let us first examine Elohim's covenant that was made to our first parents, Adam and Eve. We want to be able to look at that covenant. Now, as we have read uh, in our text, it says that Jehovah Elohim took the man and he put him in the garden to work it and to keep it. And Jehovah commanded the man saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So when we look at that passage, you see when he was speaking to Adam, 
he was giving him a covenant and he was giving him that covenant that if he obeyed then he would live but if he disobeyed he would die so the covenant blessings of of abraham i mean the covenant blessings of adam here we are being introduced to Jehovah Elohim and to his covenant of prosperity, which is the basis of his blessings and cursings upon his people. We are told that Jehovah took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So according to verse 15, he gave him a home, he gave him a place to stay. Thus, from this we can see that Adam's creator and maker placed him amidst his Edenic home. And from the creation of Adam's person, he was positioned in the garden of prosperity, the prosperity of which was bestowed upon our first parent was not the result of their labors or ingenuity, but rather it was a gift of which they received by inheritance. A true steward of Elohim recognizes that all wealth comes from Elohim. If we believe that all our resources and means come from him, wouldn't it be logical to look to him for our prosperity? When we consider the enormous resources of which Elohim had gifted to Adam, it was considered a gift of grace. Grace is favor. It is Yah's way of providing us with that which we neither worked for nor could attain on our own. So often theologians and scholars alike attribute Elohim's grace to the human family after sin. However, prior to sin, grace was not only available to them if they should sin it was there manifested in both the creation of man and his environment as a matter of fact man's entire existence is an act of grace so much so that even when man sinned grace immediately took over grace was not merely an act of the salvation of man but it was an act of creation of man. Man and mankind, man and mankind's existence is an act of grace. Outside of grace, there could be no real relationship between the Creator and His creatures. If Elohim were to create anything void of grace, it would be as if He uh, were creating things of a perishable nature. At the creation of man, he was given the command to multiply and in some, and in so doing, he would populate the earth. Elohim was not simply making Adam to be of value to him, but also to Adam himself. Elohim didn't manufacture humans, humans like an automobile. You see, when you make an automobile, you may have an assembly plant, which turns out myriads of, of vehicles. Once they are assembled and driven, they age or are damaged, or they may get into a, uh, a collision. And once that happens, one has to either get it repaired or disregarded as a total loss or abandon it and put it in a junkyard. Elohim did not make us to be disposable objects to be disregarded of when we went contrary to his will. Here we, find, here we draw the conclusion that grace provided the human family with everything they possess, even the breath that they breathe. With this in mind, let us now go into what we call the systematic principles of prosperity. Let us first define systematic and then proceed to do the same with principles 
and prosperity. And then we will look at these respective words and their concepts together. Now, the first thing that we want to understand very succinctly is when we talk about systematic principles of prosperity. So when we talk about systematic, what are we, what are we talking about? When we speak in terms of systematic or systems, it is a system of some kind that is involved in what we must understand is that everything Elohim created is tied to a system. And when we can understand the system by which things in his creation is arranged, then we can understand how that system can align itself with us to attain all of the benefits it can supply to ourselves. Consequently, when we speak about systematic, it has something to do with the whole of his creation. Everything in his creation runs by a system. It runs by a system of some kind. Anything we endeavor to be or to do has a system by which it operates. Once we learn the systems which governs what it is that what we want to be and how to do what it is that we want, we have to learn the system. We have what is called the modus operandi, which is the con which is the conduit methodology or order by which something is done. Elohim has his modus operandi. In every facet of his creation, this modus operandi is found in his covenant. With this in mind, let us now go into our next word, which is principle. You see, he has a system, but he also has some principles, okay? When we speak in terms of principles, we are talking about something that is constant and unchangeable. All of Yah's principles are changeless. It is because of Elohim's unchangeable principles of which he built our universe is what makes our universe secure because of the principles he built it upon. Therefore, what we must understand is that Elohim's principles are the fundamental factors which upholds all things in existence. These principles are found in his laws, his statutes, his commandments, and all of the testimonies are contained in his covenant. These principles never change they are as enduring as Elohim himself. These principles which undergirds the universe comes from Elohim. And if he is unchangeable, so are the principles which comes from him. We must see a principle as an unchangeable truth. So when we have a systematic principles, these principles never change. They are changeless. Now that we looked at what we mean by systematic and principles, let us now define what is meant by what we call prosperity. Let us look at prosperity. What, what do we mean by prosperity? When we speak in terms of prosperity, it has to do with both our personal existence as well as our personal property. Pro prosperity is primarily who we are and what we have. That's what prosperity is. In actuality, prosperity is inclusive of one's entire life existence. For many of us, prosperity may simply be what we refer to as have an accumulation of material goods, be it money, clothes, houses, or cars. However, 
for a simplified definition of prosperity, it would be that which we possess. What we possess of our personal being and that which we possess of our personal property outside of ourselves. So now that we have defined the words of our topic, let us now go into the systematic principles of prosperity by combining all of the word meanings together. So basically in speaking of systematic prosperity, we are talking about a systematic way of doing something with eternal principles which are unchangeable, which brings about prosperity of our personal being and of our personal pro pro uh, property. So as we study the systematic principles of prosperity, we want to start first with who gave the who gave them to us? Second, where do we find them? And third, we want to look at what I refer to as the key to prosperity or the key to these particular uh, principles of systematic prosperity. So when we look at the when we look at the scriptures, we understand that all of the principles of prosperity was laid down at creation. Okay. So when we turn into the book of Genesis and we look at chapter one, <clears throat> what we notice in Genesis chapter one, <clears throat> we'll look at verses 26, 27, and 31. And notice what it says here in verse 26. It tells us in Genesis 21, 26, It says, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the creeping, the creep, creepers creeping on the earth. And verse 27 says, and Jehovah created the man in his own image, in the image of Elohim, he created him. He created them male and female. Okay, now in verse 31, we wanna read in the same first chapter of Genesis, it says, Okay, said, and Elohim saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Now, here we see that Elohim created man and woman on the sixth day of creation. And so when we look at the sixth day of creation week, they were the last beings to be created. Is there any significance to them being created on the sixth day rather than on any other day? I would think so. Let us probe into some of the reasons why this may be so. When we consider the fact that when Adam came into being, Elohim, had already arranged and prepared everything he would need. Adam didn't have to lack for anything. Everything that he would need had already been created when Adam came upon the scene of creation. It was on the sixth day that Adam was created and he was told by his creators and makers to name every living creature he brought to him. And when we read in Genesis 2, 19, we find that he was given that commission to name the creation that Elohim had given. 
And so when we read in verse 19 of the second chapter of Genesis, it reads uh, thusly. It says uh, in verse 19, and Jehovah had formed every animal of the field and every bird of the heavens out of the ground. And he brought them to the man to see what he would call it and all which the man may call it, each living soul that was its name. So this is what he told Adam to do, is to name it. So afterwards, Elohim calls a deep sleep to come upon him and extracted a rib from him and man and made a woman. So what we see in this scenario is that when Eve came into being with her husband, she along with him enjoyed the delights of the Edenic garden. In their Edenic surroundings were, weren't anything lacking to contribute to their welfare and happiness. They were abundantly provided with the wealthiest real estate upon this earth, and out of their garden home flowed a river which parted into four riverheads. And we are told that where these rivers flowed, that there was gold and bedellium and onyx stones. Moses is making it is making mention of all of the prosperity of which Adam and his wife were surrounded with. Everything Adam and Eve were blessed with was a gift from their creators. They needed not to have worked for the things they were given, all of what they had and was bestowed upon them was an act of grace. Grace is merely a blessing put upon someone purely based upon the merits of the one bestowing it upon them. In everything our first parents were given, it was a gift of favor. All of the gifts of the soil and even their breath, which gave them life, were gifts which come from their creator. Thus, all the wealth and prosperity come from them was given by grace from their creator. Now, at this juxtaposition, what we want to observe is some of the principles of prosperity. Now, we want to look at some of these principles of prosperity. Now, when we look at Genesis, and in Genesis, we go to chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, we want to look at verse 11 and 12, first of all. Here the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. It tells us that when Elohim was creating this world, he was able to put some laws within in, in nature. And as he put those laws in there, they would be embedded in nature in such a way that it can bring that it could bring forth the prosperity that was needed. So when we read and he said here, let me start with verse 10, it says, and Elohim called the dry land earth, and he called the collection of the water seas. The earth <clears throat> sprout tender sprouts, the plant seed, seeding seed, the fruit trees producing fruit according to its kind, whichever seed is in it on the earth. And it was so. So in other words, he is saying he planted plants on the earth and they had seeds. And within that seed, it could reproduce more of the same kind. Now, in verse 12, it says, and the earth bore 
and the earth bore tender sprouts, the plant seed seeding seed according to its kind, and the fruit tree producing fruit according to its kind, whichever seed is in it. So there's a principle in nature that says that there's a seed, and that seed has the ability and the potential of producing something after that which it has come from. And not only to produce what it has come from, but is able to, to produce more of the same thing. So what we are looking at here is that that seed reproduces things after its kind. Okay, now we want to go to the same first chapter Genesis, and this time we want to go to verses 21 and 22. It said, and Elohim created the great sea animals and all that creeps having a living soul which swam the waters according to its kind and every bird with wing according to its kind and Elohim saw that it was good. Verse 22, and Elohim blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply in the earth. Okay, so again, we see not only in the botanical world, but also in the world of zo zoology that in both the plants as well as the animals, this principle is still active that the seed of the plant and the seed of the creatures reproduce after their kind. All right, now when we go to verse 24 of the same chapter, uh, Genesis uh, chapter one and verse 24, it says, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth the soul of life according to its kind, cattle, creeper and creepers, and its beasts of the earth according to its kind, and it was so. And then when we go down to verse 27, it says, and Elohim created the man in his own image. In the image of Elohim, he created him. He created th uh, them male and female. And verse 28 says, and, and Elohim blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over all the living things creeping on the earth. So what we are seeing here is what we call the principle of prosperity. The principle of prosperity was built into nature itself. Prosperity was a seed that was placed in the animals. It was placed in the plants and it was placed in the human in human beings. So when we talk about prosperity, it's a principle that is placed within us. It is something that we were created with. Now, according to the creation account, Elohim gave two distinctive principles of prosperity. Let us look at each one of them separately for analyst, analytical purposes and through and 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 though and in and in actuality these two principles they actually come together but we're going to look at them separately so we can see the dynamics in these principles but keep in mind that they come together they are not separated these principles are manifest in both the botanical as well as the zoological species. Now, we read, we read in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verses 11, 12, and 28, and it talks about things reproducing after their kind. So when we look at things reproducing after their kind, this is what we call the reproduction principle of prosperity. 
So when we look at the reproduction principle of prosperity, the first principle we want to observe is what we refer to as the principle of product uh, of production, of reproduction, that is, the principle of reproduction. When we examine this reproductive principle in the scriptures, it is expressed in a few different ways. So let us look at some of them. Now, the principle of reproduction is spoken of as in in verses uh, of Genesis chapter 1, verses 11, 12, and 29, it talks about yielding. In other words, things would be able to yield. In other words, bring forth more than what it was to yield. And then when we look at Genesis 1, 21, it speaks about bringing forth abundantly. And we look at Genesis 1, 22 and 28, it talks about be fruitful. And when we look at Genesis 1, 22 and 28, it talks about multiply. In Genesis 1, 28, it says replenish. In Genesis 1, 22, it says feel. What we notice about each of these six terms, they all have to do with reproduction. Elohim bless the world of plants and the world of creatures to reproduce. This is one of the first principles we should understand in the principles of reproduction. We must understand everything has the potential of reproducing, the plants, the animals, and human beings. Now, the next principle of prosperity we want to observe is that of kind. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 11, 12, 21, 24, 25, and 26, it talks about the species principle of prosperity. Now, the word we translate as species comes from the Hebrew word men, of which is translated in many of our Bibles as kind. When it says, say, reproduce after his kind, that word kind is the come from the Hebrew word men, and the Hebrew word men is where we get our word species. You have a whole lot of species, different species of plants, different species of animals and and these species so when we talk about a kind aren't we speaking concerning a species of some kind or type even today in our modern language in our science courses we use the term species which is a plural noun in a number of ways in biology a species is a certain classification. In logic, it deals with a certain classification. In ecclesiastics ecclesi or ecclesiology, it could deal with like forms or appearances. Consequently, what we are what what we are learning from the initial stages of creation is that grass, herbs, fruit trees, fish, fowl, cattle, creeping things, and man, and all have the ability to bring forth after their kind, which are the species after their nature. What we have learned about prosperity thus far is that both the reproductive and the species principles, these two principles work simultaneously to bring forth more of that which it is. Okay, now what we can do at this juxtaposition as we uh, look at these particular principles, we can we can, in our next uh, broadcast, we can start with where do we get the systematic principles of prosperity? We can start with there. 
But with what we have already said, we can draw it to a conclusion on this, and there may be some observations or some questions or some concerns that you'd like to address at this time as I've outlaid the foundation of the systematic principles of prosperity. Yeah, well, one of the things I, um, that you said about the covenant that is very interesting is that it seems like our God or Yahuwah is an Elohim of covenants. You know, because for, you know, we, I never thought that he took out a covenant with Adam and Eve in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and how you brought out that basically it was a covenant that he took out with them. Yeah. Uh, and matter of fact, we're, we'll probably be looking deeper into that, but now that you mention it, uh, when he told Adam, he says, you can eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat, you will die. Now, what you want to notice in that particular uh, covenant that he was making with Adam mm-hmm. was that he was letting him know that if you obey me, Adam, you would live. Mm. But if you disobey me, Adam, you would die. Wow. And that is the basics. That is the basic component of every covenant that he made with his children from Adam all the way down to Moses, all the way to Yeshua, is that the covenant was based upon obedience, you live, disobedience, you die. And this is why when we get into the covenant deeper, we'll find out that when Yeshua took our death, the reason why he took our death was because man disobeyed. So when he disobeyed, somebody had to had to die. Wow. And so since Adam would not die because Yeshua took his place, then he had to die. And once he died, then that gave us access again to the covenant that he gave in the Garden of Eden. Now, if you obey, you will continue to have eternal life. And so when we look at the covenant, as I've stated first, that the covenant came about from grace. It was nothing Adam did to get anything that he had. It was grace. It was given to him. And so now we find that when he forfeited the promise, again, grace set in. And when grace came down and died for us in the person of the son of Elohim, then what happened was Adam was restored back to the original premise that he had with Elohim of eternal life. So when we look at the principles of the covenant, they are started right there in the Garden of Eden. And this is why every time they had a covenant, even in Noah's day, on down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all offered a sacrifice. Why did they offer their sacrifice? Because the Bible says that if you obey, you would live, but if you disobey, you die. So they had to kill an animal sacrifice up until the time that Yeshua came to demonstrate that they had sinned and somebody would take their place. And because somebody would take their place, then he was demonstrating by killing that animal that you would have died because you broke the covenant. But because he gave you a promise in the Garden of Eden that he would send the seed of the woman and the seed of the woman would come and pay the price. And as a result, when grace would come in, it would restore us back to the original relationship that we had with Elohim. So the first covenant was right there. But as we study the covenant, we will also discover even even some more things that the covenant embraces. It's just something too, how you brought out about the system. You know, you have a system of order of things and then how the principles played into that order of things, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that was very interesting also. Yes. Now, I, I think this is one, one of the reasons why uh, when we hear a lot about prosperity, 
that a lot of people they say um, they say sow a seed and Elohim is going to bless you. Well, mm-hmm. he, well, he, you may be blessed, but when we look at it from a broader uh, perspective, a broader perspective. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you look at a a plant, a plant has a system. Yes, it has a it has a root system. That roots go down into the ground and gets the nutrients that it needs to bring to the plant. Mm. And then it takes it up through the stem or the trunk of the plant. It takes it through the branches until it gets uh, out to the uh, to the uh, utmost part of the plant. And then when that sunlight hits that plant and the water coming up from the root, and then all of a sudden you see leaves sprout out on that plant. And when the sun comes down, it performs photosynthesis, and we have what you call chlorophyll. That's a system. Mm. And, and prosperity has a system as well. And we must study the system that Elohim has given us. And when we study the system, then we begin to apply the principles in that system. And when we apply the principles in that system, just like a plant, and you take one seed and you put it in the ground, you get a whole tree. You take one kernel of corn, you put it into the ground, and you get a whole stalk of corn. So Elohim said, I have principles in the system of my prosperity that if you sow the proper seeds, which are my principles, in a systematic way, you would also be able to have more than what you planted because it's a system, and once you work the system, just like you see the plants and the animals produce, so will your system of prosperity produce as well. But we must understand the systematic principles of that. And every system has principles, and if you study it, you can see the principles. So let me ask this. So how did this sin come into play? Does it change some of that system, some of those principles when it came into play of prosperity? Okay, you, 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 that was, that was an excellent question. That was a very excellent question. Cause now what we're getting into is, to is this. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people, uh, if you hear a lot of people talk, they, they, you'll hear them say, they say, uh, this person, they don't even serve Elohim. But yet yeah. they are prosperous. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think and, we're and, looking at the uh, the uh, physical aspects of prosperity. Yeah, we are. But we, 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 we want to look at something a little more profound than that, though. Mm-hmm. You see? See, a lot of people say, well, you know, how is it that I'm serving Elohim, they aren't, and they're more prosperous. Mm. But see, some of these people, I'm not saying all of them, Time and chance happen to everybody. But what we want to look at is, is the principles. In other words, the same principles that Elohim has for prosperity is the same principles that the adversary has for prosperity. Wow. But, but he uses the same principles that Elohim uses, but he does it for an evil purpose. Wow. You see? Uh-huh. And so we we must understand that when Satan fell from glory, he still knew what Elohim principles were. Mm. And so he knew what it, they were. Just as Elohim used them for good, he could use them for evil. Wow. You see, what he said to Adam, do not eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, what he was telling Adam was that Satan is able to use good and evil. But Elohim only uses good. So when that, when when Satan get a hold of the principle, he may he may be totally materialistic. He may have the best of cars. He may have the best of houses. He may have the best of of clothes. But see, that's all he wants is just the carnal things. He doesn't want the spiritual things. But yet, because of the principle. They still work for him because he's working the principle. So the principles of good and evil are on both. Just like when Yeshua said, he said Elohim causes his son to shine on the just as well as the unjust because he knew 
that the principles was already set. He said, when it rains, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. So you can work the principles for good or you can work them for evil. But the evil principle says, well, hey, we want the prosperity, but we don't want to follow Jehovah. But those who want true prosperity, they said, we want the prosperity, but we also want to follow Jehovah. And this is why Yeshua says in Matthew 6, I think it's uh, 33, mm -hmm. he says, seek first the kingdom of Elohim and all these things will be added to you. In other words, what he is saying is that the world, they seek prosperity first. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they may come to Elohim, but most likely when you become prosperous without him, you get the idea that you can do it on your own. And so you become prosperous and so you don't think about him. But what Yeshua is saying, he said, seek first the kingdom because he knows if you seek first the kingdom, you're going to be seeking Elohim's principles. So once he blesses you with the prosperity, you'll know how to use it. And so those principles of the kingdom is wrapped up in the principles that he gave at creation, but he wants us to put him first and then the prosperity comes. But the world says, give me prosperity first and then we may or we may not seek him. So he says, seek that first. So the principles of evil just take the same principles, but they duplicate them in a different way. You know, because it's also interesting how you brought out about the plants and the animals. And when you really look at them, uh, how they prosper time after time, we never really look at that. Mm -hmm. And I think those principles are built in us. If we put the most high first and foremost, mm -hmm. yeah. that all of that prosperity he gives the plants, he gives the animals, mm -hmm. will also be applied to us. Even yeah, more yeah. so because just like had you brought out um, when he created us on the sixth day and the very last thing he's created was us. That shows us that we were more, more special mm -hmm. than everything else he had created, that he probably right. took out more time to create us in his image. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, and, that's, and, and it also points out the fact that uh, after he created us as last, and then we came on the scene when Adam began to study the plants and the animals and, and to name them. When he was looking into creation, he was he was studying the works of Elohim mm -hmm. and he, he, he had a knowledge of what true prosperity was. He had a knowledge of what true stewardship was because when he studied the plants and the animals, they revealed these principles to him. See, it, it, it's, it, it was all locked up in, in, in the creation. This is why when Yeshua came to this world, he used to teach a lot in parables. He would teach about plants and animals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And when he talked about the soil went forth to sow the seed and about the wheat and, and, and the tares, all of that was principles locked up in nature. And if you remember when Yeshua was talking about in the 13th chapter of Matthew is when he was talking about, uh, behold, the soil went so forth to sow. And at the end of the parable, he said, when, when the seed fell in good ground, some brought forth 34, some 64, and some 104. He was talking about the principle of prosperity. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's deep. Mm -hmm. That is deep. And what we're going to try to do is get, get more into this to understand what the true principles of prosperity are. So when people understand that, then they they understand a system of principles that if they work it, they don't have to guess at it. It's a science. It's going to work. Why is it going to work? Everything that Elohim gave worked. We know how we know it works because we have animals today. Where did they come from? They came from the garden because when he had the plants to multiply and reproduce after they can, they kept on reproducing all the way up to today. Do we have apple trees in Michigan? The first apple tree was back in the garden, but it reproduced after its kind. So if Elohim is showing us through nature that everything, according to his principles, reproduced, when we get ready to use the principles inherited in us, they would do the same thing. Yes, I agree. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
Well, I must say, this has been thoroughly enjoyable. I have learned even more. You know, I think we're just scratching the surface a lot of time when we get into the word, and it's much deeper and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, may I ask you to take us to the throne? Okay. Beloved Father, again, we look to you, and we realize, Lord, that your wisdom is infinite. We cannot fathom all of the wisdom, Lord, that you have given to the universe. And as we study the plants and the animals and humankind, we study the laws of creation. And as we go into those laws, we are discovering what was in your mind and what was in your mind, you put it within your creation. And as we study your creation, we study your mind. And as we study the depths of your mind, it helps us to be in tune with your mind, to be able to see that if we really want a true prosperity, that these principles are embedded in our creation. Moreover, they are embedded in each one of us. And if we properly use those principles, we will have the prosperity in which you would have us to have. So bless us to this end and help us that as we continue on, that I would bless those who use these principles correctly, that they may realize true prosperity. So bless us now. And as we look forward to the future broadcast in Yeshua's name, we do ask it. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen. 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 Well, I hope you listeners have really enjoyed today's lesson. That is our show for today. We want to encourage you to follow our podcast weekly. And as it states in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto Elohim, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Until next week. Shalom.